0: you're listening to and the plot thickens and authors on the air radio network podcast join your host suspense and horror writer jeff crawford as he explores the art of creating tension and mood with authors from a wide variety of genres find out more about jeff and his books at authorjeffcrawford.com. and now meet today's
1: author guest
0: Hey, up and welcome to And the Plot Thickens, proudly part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm your host, Jeff Crawford, and my producer is Carrie Schaefer. Today's guest is a physician as well as a writer of novels, of poetry, and of short stories. Welcome to the show, Dr. Edward Rosick. Thank you very much,
1: Jeff. I'm glad to be here.
0: Well, it's a, it's an honor to have you here, and uh, I've, I've looked forward to this one for a while. Well, thank you. There's a lot of things I want to touch on, and as you know, if you followed the show, most of it has to do with suspense and tension and Mm -hmm. edginess, because that's what we talk about. But I want to get a little bit off subject for just a second. For those who may not know, define speculative fiction.
1: Yeah, great question. So speculative fiction is fiction that is uh, not straight literature. Speculative fiction, you would generally falls in the realm of genre uh science fiction fantasy horror but uh, you know my my writing has been all three of those and more it's been a combination of those so especially in my short stories and even in some of my poetry uh it's been a it's been a mishmash so I guess instead of saying mishmash I use I use speculative fiction it sounds more highbrow I guess
0: (laughs) (laughs) well hey whatever works but uh I, I I like that I like that term even even though it's I looked it up and I'm not sure I necessarily agree with the definition of it but I've always I've always liked the idea of speculative fiction because it's a wide open area.
1: Yeah absolutely you know I mean one of my favorite writers living writers anyway is Joe Lansdale uh he hails from east Texas and and Joe writes a lot of speculative fiction. I mean, uh, it's it's a lot of his work is set in East Texas because that's a lot of times what us writers do. Right, we write about what we know, uh, but it's his his work spans the genres from westerns to horror to sci fi to, to unclassifiable to speculative.
0: Good deal, and uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I like I like Mr. Lansdale very much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You being today's guest provides an opportunity that I'm not often afforded. And no, I'm not going to ask why my knee cracks and pops when I move it a certain way. That's all because of sins of a misspent youth. What I want to talk about first is I really like short stories, but I've never spoken with anyone who authors them. How difficult is it to build the level of suspense you're trying to reach for the reader in a rather limited amount of time?
1: Oh, that's a great question, it's a challenge. It's probably why I started writing novels more because uh, it, it's it's easier in one sense, not saying novel writing is easy, it's not, but it's easier in one sense because you have this huge palette. Um, I, I look at writing, especially fiction writing or you know, actually any kind of writing, nonfiction also, as a painting and I say that because my, my painting and drawing abilities are stick men at best. So I, I can't do that. But I I look at it, at least in my mind, as a painting, right? I have this huge palette called either the computer screen or, in the bad old days, uh, the typewriter and the piece of paper. But on that palette, you have to make a picture. And so in short story writing, you have a very small palette. And you have to tell, at least if you're going to be good at it, you have to tell the story in a small area. Whereas a novel, your palette's huge, right? It's, It's the Sistine Chapel. It's monstrous. Uh, so it's, it's a challenge to do. I, I, I like both challenges. I like the challenge of trying to create this world in terms of a novel, novel, but I also enjoy the challenge of trying to create, uh, an engaging story in a thousand words and 5,000 words and 10,000 words. So I enjoy it.
0: Is it, see, I never had thought about it in, in terms of painting. Hmm. Uh, and that's a great way of putting that. Is it you? Can, for me to get in my head, you could almost compare it to
1: a a portrait versus a mural. Absolutely, that, that's, a, that's a great analogy. That's exactly what it is. So it's, uh, again, they're they're both they both can be beautiful, but they're they're different pictures. They're different things. Right. I agree.
0: Um, okay, here's this is my fun part that I get to do every single episode. Everyone who comes on this show gets asked the exact same question. And I ask it because I enjoy the answers because they're so varied every time. Which is greater for the reader, the fear of the known or the fear of the unknown? And I want to you to weigh in, especially on this, because as a doctor, you deal with people who are scared to death of the unknown constantly. So I thought you might have an even deeper perspective on that.
1: Yeah, it's certainly the fear of the unknown. That's that's not even a question because our minds make up things, right? It's, it's, it's in anything. It's in conversations we have to have with our significant other. And we're worried about something that's going to be going to go really bad. And 99% of the time, that's not the case at all. It's a lot less. Uh, it's the fear of the unknown. And that's. That's again. That's one of the reasons I like doing speculative fiction, especially horror, because you can have that unknown, right? You create the unknown. You create a certain, uh, a certain ambiance that readers hopefully will be drawn into and, and, and scared and mystified and entertained.
0: I I, I agree. Um, the in your mind's eye, you're always going to make the unknown. Not always. Most of the time, you're gonna make it worse than it really is. Right, right. And uh, so, so I guess it gives the it gives the writer the ability to, to really, skirt around the edges for a short period of time in a short story, or for eighty thousand words in a novel, until you just can't take it anymore.
1: Exactly, exactly. And and you're exactly right. In a short story, the payoff has to be quick, or it should be, generally should be quick. Not always. Again, there's no absolutes, right? But in a novel, at least in my novel, in Deep Roots, it, there's a buildup over 80,000 words till till the till the payoff. Okay, you're
0: taking a walk, or you're watching something on the tube, and an idea hits for a new work. Um, writers get asked that question all the time: where it comes from? Well, nobody knows. Most of the time, you don't know. It's it's just there. All of a sudden, it's there. But you get an idea, and it's a good one, and you decide to. It's interesting, and you're going to explore it, and you're ready to do something with it. How do you decide if it's best suited for a novel or a short story or a piece of poetry? Wow, that's a
1: great question. Um, I, probably right off the bat, I don't. Um, some. Again, not not always. Sometimes I do. Uh, I'm writing, I've been writing a a series of short stories, short stories anywhere from five to 10,000, 12,000 words about a a group of slackers, high school slackers in Detroit. And the first story, the first idea for the story really came up almost fully born, meaning fully formed out, which hardly ever happens. Normally it's exactly what you said. There's just an idea or a scene or a thought, whereas this story came out almost fully formed. I knew it was going to be a short story, but most of the time there's just an idea of thinking, wow, that, that, that would be kind of cool. Let me put this down. Let me write it down. Let me put it in my computer and, and go back in a day or a week or a month or whenever, and, and see if, see if anything is germinated from that idea, right? A lot of times nothing germinates. It's just a, uh, it's just a good idea. and <laughs> Nothing comes of it, but you know, so sometimes something will come of it. So
0: do you, do you, this isn't on my list, but do you keep a, a file of rejects that you go back and visit later?
1: You know, that's a good question. I used to. I, I used to do that in my early, early in my writing career when I had much, when my skin was much less thick as it is now. <laughs> now, it, it's part and parcel. I mean, I, I've been publishing stories, short stories. I've been publishing poetry and short stories for 30 plus years and uh, I I still expect to get 90 plus percent rejection because that's to me that's maybe maybe I'm just not a good writer maybe that's maybe that's too high but that's what I expect and so anytime somebody takes it uh, you know gives me a, a positive feedback or says yeah we want to buy your story we want to publish your story it's a great thing otherwise it's just it's just part of the business. What's your favorite or your go-to tool for
0: creating tension or edginess or suspense in a book? Is it a character or is it a setting
1: or what? Oh Boy, that's a tough question to answer, Jeff. I, I think it really depends on what the story is telling me, what the story is demanding, what the story needs. Really, it, it can be any or all of the above. It can be dialogue, it can be narration. It can be seen. It can be senses. Um, I think describing senses, i.e. smells, sounds, tactile touches, is really important. I think that really helps to bring the reader in. I know I enjoy that in in novels. And so I really try to incorporate that in my work. Is most, again, I'm going off script here,
0: but is most of your stuff character-driven or is it story-driven?
1: Probably character I would say character-driven. I think that's more my strength, but yeah, character. Is is it because
0: you're stronger today? Is it because you enjoy that?
1: Ooh, I don't know. I mean, I enjoy what I'm strong in. I think most of us do. <laughs> um, I like to push myself, but uh, I it's probably because that's what I enjoy reading. Uh, I, I enjoy reading character-driven stories. Um, well, good. So. Good deal. For you, what is the hardest part about writing? Time. Time management, sitting down, writing, just having the time to do it, having the willpower to sit and write, sit in front of the computer and write something, whether I write one page, 10 pages or one sentence, That that's the hardest part. Because when it's a one sentence day, and there are those days, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's frustrating as all heck. It really is. Yeah. Um, but I just try to go with it and take it from there. Do you do you outline? No, I don't. I you know, that's a great question. I've had that from other people ask me that. Um, I wish I could. I really really I've tried to outline. I've tried really hard and never worked.
0: I, I you know, I've said the exact same words. I wish I could cuz in some ways it would make life a whole lot easier. Oh, absolutely, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, it would. it would. Okay, this is what I have to work on. To, but right. it, I, I I I can't I can't do it. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't one i can't see far enough into the future and two i'm going to change about 400 things before i get to what i'm supposed to have done Absolutely. um uh so i have a feeling there's more pancers than there are plotters yep. i have a feeling there are I, agree. I don't know that but i think there is yep. now, this is a good one because you've got a and I'm not, and I'm not saying you can't do both because you are. But you had a really, really intense, good career other than writing as a as a physician. But was there a particular reason or inspiration for you to become a writer?
1: I've always been a writer. I've been writing since I was five years old. Somewhere, really, somewhere in the basement in in the tubs that we all have. There's a, a book of poetry I wrote when I was five years old. So I, I, I've been writing forever. So I was a writer. I've always been a writer. So,
0: did med- Do you remember reading something somewhere that says, oh, I want to do that? Or did, is it just...
1: Uh, you know, that's a, another great question. Um, I remember, again, probably five years old, five, six. Um, my folks brought me, a, my dad gave me a little book of poetry that a colleague of his had written. Uh, and maybe that, set me off maybe I thought you know what I can do that right at five years old <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know I just always love the written word I and I've always loved to write so that's
0: great I uh I had a neighbor that was a librarian and yeah. they got they did their other discard stuff one day and I think I was in first grade and she brought me a, a hardback book written and it was it was just called Daniel Boone mm-hmm. And she knew I was an outdoorsy kind of a guy anyway. And I was, like I said, five, six years old. And I started reading that book and I read it over and over and over again. And after that, I can't ever remember a day when I wasn't reading. And it took 40 whatever years before I started writing. But I'm like you, I can't remember a time when the written word wasn't special. Right, yep. Yeah, there's there's never been a time. Hopefully there never will be. Well, that's great. And I'm glad to hear that, man. We're we're getting sort of close to the end, but okay. tell every, I want to make sure I get this in especially. Tell everybody
1: about your latest work and where they can find it in you. Sure. So my latest work is my novel, Deep Roots, a horror novel set in Detroit. Um I, I grew up in Detroit, so again, you know, write write what you know. Uh, they can find it on my website at www.edrosick. That's e d r o s i c k. Net. They can find it there. They can read the first chapter there for free, and and actually every month I'm putting up a free short story. So, uh, so if you want to read it, jump online and uh, read read some of my old short stories. Good deal. Have
0: you got Have you got something in the works for a second novel, coming along?
1: I I do actually. I'm about forty thousand 40 plus thousand words into my next novel so I, I was hoping to have it done by New Year's again hoping one hand you know do something in the other see what <laughs> but, um, I, I, I really I'm trying Jeff I'm, I'm trying to get that thing at least the first draft done I, I'm the kind of guy unlike Joe Lansdale who says he he writes and really doesn't revise much I, I'm the kind of guy who writes and then goes back and revises a lot so I want to get that first draft done, and then I'll go back and polish it up and revise it.
0: Good deal. I'm, I'm sure me and everybody else will be looking forward to it. Are you familiar with Shelby Foote? He was a writer, died about four or five, six years ago. He, he wrote a he wrote a uh, he wrote a three volume set on the Civil War. Oh, it's it's wonderful, wonderful, and it took him twenty seven years to write it. he wrote 500 words a day with a, a dip pen and he would write it and he would he said it because it taught him patience it made him write every word perfectly the way it's supposed to be and he would go out take a walk come home eat lunch and go back and look at it again type it up put that page on the stack next day he'd write another 500 words wow and he did that same routine every day for 27 years till he got it written so um yeah i set I set those same kind of personal goals, but when I hear about stories like twenty seven years man, a few I, weeks ain't gonna matter
1: <laughs> exactly exactly yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't I don't beat myself up nearly as much as I used to if i don't if I don't make the deadline, I don't make the deadline stuff happens no, yeah. no all it matters is that you remember
0: that Rome wasn't built in a day, but it was built
1: absolutely uh, so, <laughs> so,
0: Dr. Edward Rosick, thank you for uh, your work. It's terrific what I've read of it, and I can't wait to read more. And I hope when uh, when the next novel comes out, or just whenever you want to, you'll come back and have another conversation.
1: I love you, Jeff. I, I love stuff like this. You're a great host. Thank you.
0: Well, thanks. It's been a treat. This has been another installment of And the Plot Thickens. I'm Jeff Crawford, and you can find me on Instagram uh tick facebook and on the and the plot thickens facebook page if you want to know more about the books that i've written all are available through amazon read a book and tell everybody that you read it reviews do matter join us next time for another interesting conversation with another fascinating author and am hang in there buddy we're all pulling for you thank you very much thank you
1: take care jeff